now. Should I have brought one of those? A topic? Nope. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> we don't know what any of them are either. We're going to be fed them oh, good. in real time. Yeah. Okay. So we're all on equal footing. Yay, ignorance. Never know. Woohoo! Ignorance always wins. Love it. Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Clean sleigh! Ho, ho, ho! That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcasts should have a theme song. Podcasts should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. You know, it wouldn't be a holiday season or end of the year if we didn't, like, clear out a lot of these small topics that we asked for a week ago yeah it's like at the end of the year we just buy a bunch of holiday themed stuff and cram our list of topics full and then wonder oh my gosh why did we get all this stuff that we have to get rid of so this is now i believe our third or fourth clean sleigh episode of this holiday season and we're cleaning so much sleigh that we cannot do it alone we had a couple of weeks ago the delightful Paget brewster on to clean the sleigh with us and this week, we have her counterpart in Beyond Belief, Paul F. Tompkins, is joining us to clean the sleigh. Paul, how are you, friend? Hi, it's me. <laughs> Hi, it is I'm you. the person you said. <laughs> He's not a liar. Yeah. We're on goodness. track. Exactly. Oh, oh, my goodness. This is going great so far. Fellas, it's good to so see well. you. Good to see you, too, brother. It's great to see you. It was nice to see you in person just a couple weeks ago. I know it was indeed. What a fun night that was. Yes. It was very fun. It struck me <laughs> at the end of the night. I mean, two show nights were always really exhausting, but mm. like there was a time where the show would be over and we would spend a lot of time just hanging out. And yes. now we've all reached the age where the show is over. We got to hang out and we're all like in a rut. Like we're all very excited to go to bed. That's right. Yeah. That's why our first show was, I believe, 530. Yeah. <laughs> That's bedtime. Do it. Yeah. Not opposed to it. I think it also helps when the venue sucks and you don't want to stay there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't like the 20 minute walk from the dressing rooms to the stage. You remember? And at the end of the night, it's like, okay, that was, we did two shows plus, you know, a set of music afterwards. Mm -hmm. Like I'm tired, right? It's mm -hmm. after 10 o'clock. I just want to go home and relax. And then a guy at the venue was like, you can't leave because somebody's doing drone footage. It's like, yeah, who is? And why do I care? Yeah, he was like, please don't leave yet. They're asking that you just stay here. And then they, like, yeah. somebody, these two dudes, it was just two dudes were out there mm -hmm. that were hovering a drone over this area where we were all seated in this dingy alley. And at one point I looked up at it and then, like, a guy came in and said, please, please don't look at the drone. Like, let, let me go home. Yeah. <laughs> I somehow missed this whole drone experience. I think I was just gathering up my stuff for too long downstairs and it was drone it. drama. Wow. Yeah. Drone drama, not a thing that we come across often. No. At a certain point you walked out and I was like, Oh, can we all do that? Yeah. Well, I'm not like, yeah. they're not going to arrest kid, you. This yeah. kid, sorry. <laughs> this kid who worked at the venue, it's like a 21 years old or something. Yeah. Whatever this production is, he's not associated with it. He's doing this as a favor. The owners have told him to yeah. do this. And I'm like, yeah. I have no connection to any of this, so I'm leaving. <laughs> oh, so this drone footage was like a, hey, rent our space, much like all F. Tompkins did. I don't know. I have yeah. no idea. You'd think if they, if they were going to use, if they were going to do that, it would have liked me to look at the drone. Sure. Yeah. Look at the drone and be like, I'm Paul and I endorse this place. <laughs> and it was ridiculously high in the air. It like was so far, high. Far above the building tops to the point where like, I don't know if they were showing that the roof was in good shape or like, <laughs> look at the area. There's Hollywood and Vine, very famous. But we were trapped. Like we were all like the way people organize themselves in a line. Like if you tell people to line up, they'll just do it. And yeah. nobody will go like, oh, I don't, I have free will. I can just walk wherever I want. Yes. You it's must always remind yourself. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We were all, you are, you are not the boss of me, whoever yeah. you are. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Take that drone. <laughs> well, gentlemen, shall we dive in and start tackling some of these holiday themed clean sleigh topics? Yeah, man. Let's do it. <laughs> all right. What have you got for us, Ken? All right. First up is from JD Evans. Socks. Good gift or bad gift? 
Oh, you're a clothes horse. I am. And I'm going to say good gift. Yeah. Yeah. Because even a pair of socks that you don't like, mm-hmm. it's like, it is the thought that counts. Very easy to donate. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And people always need socks. Everybody always needs socks. Yeah. I think it's good. But I'm also at a point where, like, I'm a grown up. And if I need a thing, I can buy it for myself. I'm not going to like hint around. If I mm-hmm. want something, I will also buy that for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of over the whole gift thing. Really? <laughs> yeah. Even though, like, the receiving of gifts thing, you mean, or the giving of gifts as well. Well, I mean, it does. When you are with a group of people, the same group of people year in and year out, and you're buying presents for each other, it's like, what are we doing? (laughs) (laughs) That's why I love the Christmas white elephant. My family did that one year. We all saved so much money. I'm sure I've talked about this on the show before. Our rule was it had to cost $19.95, and it had to be purchased off of a television infomercial. Oh, that's fun. That was a rule for our family. That was our gift-giving experience that we did that That's great. Yeah, yeah. Now it's yeah. mostly we donate in each other's names to assorted things, which I also love. I think that's wonderful. Absolutely. That's a great gift. How yeah, do you guys I'm, feel about socks? I love socks. Any gift is a great gift, first mm-hmm. of all. Yeah. I reached a point. I used to be just like white socks, black socks. And then I think I saw Gourley's socks one time. I was like, those mm-hmm. are really cool socks. Why am I only, why am I limiting myself to these two types of socks? How so I started a- buying patterns Ooh. and stuff. Little upset that I had no impact on you whatsoever. <laughs> I know it I was Morley's. I yeah. know. I don't think I see your socks a lot, but I'm sure that they're. Well, really you nice. should look. <laughs> Who am I doing this for? I thought there were drones nearby. I wasn't going to look at them <laughs> yet. <laughs> but also, like, do you think is there an element to it where if you buy socks that are like super like fancy or have characters on it and stuff, are you imposing on them at a certain point? Like, I'm happy to get any socks. I like, I like them too, but it's a bigger swing. It's a bigger swing. You know, I think, I think a pattern you're probably okay with Mm -hmm. like a plaid, polka dot, whatever. But when you get into specific imagery, like this has flamingos on it and it's like, you Mm -hmm. might be a flamingo person. You might not be a flamingo person. And I think it is always funny when somebody gives you a thing like that and says, these made me think of you. And you want to say, why did that happen? Yeah. (laughs) You famously are that flamingo guy. Yeah. Have I ever said the word flamingo in front of you? (laughs) I don't know. I like, uh, I'm a fan of the printed socks, like novelty socks, uh, funny things written on them or imagery, pop culture imagery, simply because for me, socks are so rarely a thing that I show to the world. Unless I'm sitting with one leg crossed, you're probably not going to see my socks. So I kind of enjoy doing a thrilling adventure hour show or being in some situation where I need to dress up and wear a suit. But I have my little secret. My socks are my little secret. Like, hey, not a lot of people know that I have Kermit the Frog all over my socks today. (laughs) It's a fun reveal. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Little Easter egg on your body. Exactly. But I, I will say, I don't know that just like a sleeve of regular tube socks is a great gift. Don't sell it short. I'm not going to sell it short because it is functional. And like you said, everybody needs socks. Mm-hmm. And any gift is a great gift. It's the thought that counts. But I'd like a little bit of flash on the socks that I'm getting or giving. Can I tell you both that I... So last year, my doctor was like, you have type 2 diabetes. You have to lose weight. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you have that, your ankles swell and all this stuff. So I bought these diabetic socks. And now I've lost about 80 pounds. So I'm in a safer range, but I Mm. still exclusively wear these socks because they are wildly comfortable because the part that would go around your calf or ankle has a lot of give to it and it's breathable fabric. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't understand why, like, there's a whole world of socks that I never knew existed. And now I'll never go back. Like, this is, (laughs) I will wear these for the rest of my, if I weigh 10 pounds, I'm wearing these socks. Do they feel loose? (laughs) No. They don't, cause like that, I've no. seen, I've tried those on before, like the, I think I was trying to get compression socks and I bought diabetes socks. I was like, oh, yeah. just give me the medical socks. And I bought the opposite of the socks that I meant to buy. <laughs> yeah. You bought uh, the compression ones. Those yeah. are really, I wear yeah. those on plane. They're really tough to get on. Yeah. I like the compression socks. socks. Yes. Ooh. Yeah. I wear them for long flights. Yeah. Wow. But the opposite. Oh my goodness. This is like, it's not loose at all. It holds well. And it's just, it's like the apex of comfort in a sock. And I didn't know. My word. Wow. Mm -hmm. Take that, Bombus. 
But it yeah. doesn't have like little pictures of tacos on it or something cool. <laughs> no, maybe I should draw on it like it's a cast. There you go. Yeah. I'll just put images on it. How can we sign your diabetes sucks? Yeah. Not even like a fun insulin print. <laughs> no, nothing. <laughs> <Slow> syringes. <laughs> when when I was diagnosed, my insurance company found out. And they said, like, really, it was all just like, they found out. I tried to hide it from them. I hid it in the closet. But, like, you know, I'm on the medication. I'm doing all the stuff I'm supposed to be doing. And then, Mm -hmm. then, like, a month or two in, I get a package from my insurance provider that was, like, a tote bag and all these different, like, there's, like, a mirror, a long mirror on a stick. It was, like, a diabetes welcome kit. And I, (laughs) I've not used any of it. What is Any the mirror on a stick for? I don't know. Checking to see if there's a bomb under your car? Maybe. Cause is it to give yourself not like diabetes. a shot someplace you be. can't see? It might be. I, my injections I that just makes do in more the tummy. Sense. I guess if you have to inject yourself with the, but even then, like, you're not going to get somebody else's butt. You like, you know, like there can't be, it's not like the death star. There's just a little hole you're trying to yeah. put the torpedoes well, in. I mean, there is. It's a, well, there, you're not aiming a syringe don't there. there. Don't put torpedoes in there. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't find it on your own, like your buttock to put something in, you have larger problems and a mirror on a stick will not yes. solve them. It's so weird. Yeah. It is. It's really weird. It's really weird. But I have it. Every time I get something like that, I'm like, oh, I'll use it in a skit. It'll be a prop there you for go. something yeah. later on. Yeah. And I've never used any of it. It just sits in a box. <laughs> so socks are a good gift? Yeah. Great. <laughs> that, what we're saying is they're a good gift. Ask the whole answer. point of this, asked and answered socks are a good gift. Betsy Matazel, I hope I'm saying that correctly. Hello, Betsy, is asking, on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, being the host or being the guest? Wow. I would, mm. for me... Christmas Eve being the host, Christmas Day being the guest. Hmm. Hmm. Why do you say Why that? Is that? I think that Christmas Eve is a, I think that Christmas Eve is a more festive occasion than Christmas Day. Yeah. Hmm. Right. And I think that it's like, there's something about the anticipation of an event that is more fun than the actual event itself. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, nighttime, it feels like a nighttime event and it feels like a fun party. Everybody's in a good mood. And then Christmas Day, I think, is a little, I don't know. I think it's a little more of a come down and it also feels like more work for some reason. Yeah. Like to host. Yeah. I don't know that I feel like Christmas Day, I don't know that I've ever hosted an event on Christmas Day. I've been the guest at things, but it usually seems to yeah. be something out in the world. Like, hey, we're all going to go have dinner and see a movie or we're all going to go do a late afternoon hang mm. outside. But yeah, I like the idea of just being at home on Christmas Eve as well. Yes. Because home is and, and having I'm always going to welcome people into my home. I don't know if on Christmas Eve I want to leave my home to go yeah. somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we did host Christmas one year. My wife and I, we usually go to stay with my wife's mom in Charleston, South Carolina. But one year we had everybody come out to us. It's a small group. It's us, Janie's mom, her brother and his wife. And that's it. And we, you know, we Mm. do this every year in Charleston. One year we did in LA and it was great. You know, it was nice. First of all, to not travel was fantastic. Yeah. But also to have everybody in our house for the holiday was very nice. So I could do it, but. I don't know. I I think I kind of enjoy being a guest more on Christmas and a host more on Christmas Eve. I like that. Yeah. Is there a space in between there where you are? I just want to be with my immediate family because it seems to me like Christmas Eve. I want to be home. I want to be with the people I love. Then at a certain point on Christmas Eve, unless it's like your inner circle, it seems odd to be like, okay, we're all going to go to bed and Santa's going to come for everybody. (laughs) You know what I mean? There's that sort of magical midnight time. And then it's like, okay, we'll convene with friends. We'll get insular for the late night into Christmas morning. And then we'll reconvene with friends on Christmas Day. You know, I think that's one of the reasons I like it, too, is because I'm typically the last person awake on Christmas Eve. Yeah. When we go to South Carolina. And I kind of like Because you're waiting up for Santa. Yeah. And I'm going to catch him. 
Yeah, you're one of these, one days. these days. He can't hide from me forever. Yeah, you like being the last one up. Yeah, it's fun. It's really mm-hmm. fun. I don't know. I've yeah. al- I always like that feeling of like you're keeping watch over the house, like that kind of vibe. <laughs> yeah. But also on Christmas Eve to be at my mother-in-law's house, who I love very much. It's very cozy and knowing that everybody's asleep upstairs is, I don't know. It's really, I really enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. And there's something to just to be quiet and having maybe the light of the tree being the only light in the room. Oh, that's that, the best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just, that's and the best. And then it's Christmas Day, and like I know that's the build, like that's the big day. But there is sort of a, I agree that anticipation and that calm before the storm of the holiday is a really special time. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's nice to be home for that or somewhere that is like home to you. Yeah, and then you know, I mean, I grew up Jewish, so we didn't really do Christmas Eve, but we did go Christmas Day to a cousin's house who married a very nice Catholic man and converted. So we would go do Christmas Day at their house. We would go and eat. They'd be like, okay, yeah, this, that's absolutely. what this is. But yeah. it was like things were open and strewn everywhere because, you know, the kids had – they had three kids who had opened up all their presents. And all I could think now is I can't imagine doing that and then hosting people. Yeah. Because you're you not going to have them over early uh, – you know, nobody's coming over early morning. And it's almost like you have to celebrate multiple times throughout the day. I like being able to show up spend mm-hmm. some time, wish everybody well, and then be on my way. Yeah. Yeah. Anything after noon on Christmas Day to me feels like bonus extra Christmas. Right. You know what I mean? Like you've got <laughs> everything. It's Christmas Eve is the big, you know, the Christmas Eve is the anticipation. Christmas morning is the, oh, everybody gets up and, you know, you try on your new pajamas and you uh, show off the new sweater and have hot cocoa and breakfast. And then all the gifts are unwrapped. Everybody's enjoying each other's company. And then it kind of winds down by early afternoon. That to me mm-hmm. feels like the perfect time to go to a friend's cocktail party or go to a movie or go do something else. So. Yeah, that feels, I like that. Uh, Christmas Eve being the host, Christmas Day being the guest. Yeah, asked and answered. All right, asked and answered. What's up next? I got a trilogy here. Oh, wow. A short trilogy. This is all around basically the concept of the ugly Christmas sweater. Mm -hmm. So first from Race Motherman, ugly Christmas sweaters played out or play on. That's Oh, that's (laughs) clever. Yeah. That's a very National Enquirer. It's... (laughs) It's very, this one is, uh, here's what I'm trying to figure out about ugly Christmas sweaters, right? Mm -hmm. Is that I don't know what it means anymore. And it seems to mean just like a weird sweater or a sweater with a bunch of stuff on it. And I feel like now that they are purposely designing these ugly Christmas sweaters, like, I don't know what we're doing anymore. Because I think that the origins of it, it's kind of funny. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like when it really was like somebody gave me this, I hate it. You know, my grandmother made this for me and I have to wear it. Now that it's become like a packaged thing, I'm going to say played out. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I'm torn because I generally err on the side of if you have a party tradition that you want to do, do it. You know what I mean? I don't want to yuck anybody's yum, but I think I was going to say like exactly that. Once it's become a commercial thing that is deliberately ugly the irony of the event is gone you know what i mean the camaraderie of wow we've all received something that we do not want to wear in public Mm -hmm. so let's all share this experience and wear them together and enjoy each other's that said i still don't necessarily want to say no to a tradition that a lot of people have so hal what do you think I don't think they're ugly Christmas sweaters anymore. I agree sort of with Paul's point. I like the general pattern of them, and I like the ways that it's been designed for people so you can sort of proudly display things that you are a fan of or things that are personal to you. But I also kind of reject – like ugly Christmas sweater has no meaning anymore because now it's become like fashionable. Yeah. It's not the embarrassing thing that it once was. And even wearing one that's patterned that way is sort of like it's hip. In some odd reverse mm-hmm. way. I think it, I, I think it could be because in our lifetime, we have seen this become a thing mm-hmm. that calling them ugly Christmas sweaters. I think it's just a term now that describes like kind of a fanciful sweater. And it's not even about them being particularly ugly anymore. I think it has just become just a, a genre of sweater, which half the time is not ugly as much as just like 
obscure quotes from Christmas movies. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Ho, ho, yeah. ho, now I have a machine gun. Or I saw yeah. one the other day, someone wore to work a narwhal that said, bye, buddy, I hope you find your dad. Like, right. just, <laughs> I know, yeah. you know, <laughs> random moments. So yeah. I would argue that it's potentially, yes, ugly Christmas sweater as a genre is played out. But screw it. Play on. Have fun. You know what, Mark? Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I'd say a new genre has taken its place. Now it's just a Christmas mm. sweater. So the idea yeah. that it's ugly. Funny Christmas sweater. Uh, yeah. Why can't it be Christmas fun Christmas sweater? Fun exactly. Christmas sweater. Yeah. Fun Christmas sweater. There it is. Yeah, don't answer. call my That's new sweater it ugly. It's fun. <laughs> now, we've talked about humans. we got to go to the pet side of things. Leslie Troutman asks, seasonal kit for pets. Full costumery? Just bows and bells or whatnot? Or here's a third option I'll throw in. Don't make your dog quiver and shake. And constantly lick its own lips because it is afraid and does not enjoy. Yeah. I've never met a pet that enjoys being dressed up. And I've never met an owner of a pet that doesn't think that their pet loves being dressed. Like, he loves wearing these giant sunglasses and the dog is shaking like a leaf. (laughs) Yeah, I think whatever your pet enjoys. If you happen to be the unicorn that has a pet that enjoys that, by all means, put him in it. But if your pet doesn't seem to... I, there is a version that does exist. I used to live next door to this couple and they would decorate, uh, decorate their chihuahua. They would dress up their chihuahua <laughs> and to keep him warm in little capes. Yeah. And that was it. And he liked his little capes because they just laid on his back and they kept him warm. And they had a sorted cape. They had a Batman cape. They had a pirate flag cape. They had a Christmas cape. But it was a thing that the dog wore all the time. So mm-hmm. he was comfortable with it. He knew what it was. He was cool with his cape. He did not care what the pattern on the cape was. <laughs> so whichever, yeah, whichever of those two things is easier on the pet, right? What do you think, Paul? I think that I did know a pet that loved wearing costumes would like oh. when the costume was being brought towards him, he would start jumping up and down. He was like, really <laughs> thrilled. Yes. He Blown loved it. Mind right now. I love this pet. But I also saw, uh, so I'm going to say, if you can get your dog in a costume without, you know, when a dog does not want to be in a costume, but if you can get <laughs> your dog to like be in a costume and act like he's not wearing a costume, that's the best in the world. However, a little goes a long way. And I recently saw a video on Instagram of, I want to say it was something like a dozen dogs that were each getting uh, little headbands placed on them, like reindeer or elf or whatever. And they were all smiling. They all submitted to it. Like they looked, they, I don't know. It's the weirdest thing. <laughs> like these dogs all were seemingly psyched to have these headbands put on their heads. I wow. wonder if it has to do with the fact that there were more than one. Like if you see four or five of your dog buddies and they're all fine once they've Maybe. In fact, they look great. Yeah. You know, and you're like, well, that, that dog seemed <laughs> nervous. The first dog is probably nervous. Yeah. And then the rest of the dogs are like, that dog just looks dumper now. <laughs> there is a limit and people dress up their cats too. I don't mm. know that I've seen cats in big, co- I've seen lately. I've been getting served a lot of the cat with the banana hat on. That's like a full under the chin strap but so it makes their head look like a banana and I that cat is that. struggling yeah. like that cat is not happy to have anything on their head so <laughs> bow like maybe a bow is better in some cases yeah bows yeah. are unobtrusive bells are a little bit is nice yes absolutely yeah. so i guess dress up i guess you know you gotta follow your heart on this but yeah. really follow your, follow your dog's heart, heart. Yeah. Like, be honest with yourself yes about exactly. whether your pet really enjoys it or if you really enjoy it yeah yeah because they don't know your matching outfits. That's not something that they're, that they have a concept of. So if they don't <laughs> like dressing up, that's not going to make it better. They're not like, yeah. Oh, I'll look like mommy. They're not thinking that. No, that they don't they have all the colors, food, attention. Yeah. yeah. All, all right. right. Finally, to end the trilogy, Fabienne Zwallen asks, what date are you allowed to start dressing in Christmas sweaters and pets and other Christmas related things? At what date is it okay to do that? For me, here in America, it's the yeah. day after American Thanksgiving. Black Friday. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah I feel that's... like that's when it officially starts. Yeah. Some people go earlier. I, I have friends who, you know, they decorate. They start decorating right after Halloween. I do mm-hmm. that. start decorating for Christmas. Yeah. yeah I yeah. do that, but I wouldn't. I don't think I would do, like, costumery around it until after Thanksgiving. Like, I like to have everything set up and look at it. Mm-hmm. But, but. 
that's part of like we're in the season now. I like to have the tree up for Thanksgiving and sure. and look at it. Then you get into all the clothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're an early Christmas guy, but keep it at home so the world doesn't know that you're an early Christmas guy. It's my, my private shame. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Well, your early Christmas is just for you. It's not for yeah. everybody else. Yeah. Exactly. I'm, not, I'm not forcing other people. Not saying, hey, where's, how come your lights aren't up? <laughs> it's November 2nd. Your lights aren't up yet, you Scrooge. <laughs> I spent bah, time this humbug. year looking on Instagram for the county adjacent to ours, like Conejo Valley area, because we're out there now. And there's an account called Conejo Valley Guide, and they list, like, here's a great Christmas light display that this house has. I made a list of them, and mm-hmm. Jennifer and I went, like, out touring and looking at them. And it was one of them. They had, like, a fire truck pull up with Santa in it. Like, they did a toy drive for kids. So we get there. Not only is this house and the house next to it lit up, like, spectacularly. But mm-hmm. they put out snacks and hot cocoa. and Amazing. I went donated money. It was really nice. And just the kids were all excited to be there. And it was, like, it was Jennifer teared up. Like, she got emotional oh. just at the, like, oh, this is so beautiful. This sort of community moment has happened. Oh, that's sweet. So, I love that. Yeah. They couldn't put up their stuff early enough for me. I would go yeah. any time of year to look at that stuff. I think it's awesome. You've got Candy Cane Lane out near you, don't you, Hal? There's two Candy Cane Lanes in L.A. There's one on the Pasadena side and one, like, Deep Valley West side. Well, there's one in El Segundo that is the Candy Cane Lane movie that's now on Amazon Prime, I think. Is that a real... They shot it in that cul-de-sac. Yes, that is an actual oh, wow. area right off they of really the Imperial do a Candy Highway. I, I think I know what that is, but a Candy Cane Lane is like a place where the whole, there's like one street and everybody goes crazy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. In the case of the Western Valley, there's uh, several streets, just like a little right. chunk of the grid and they right. all. Like those Halloween streets. Yeah. where Right. Exactly. Yes. You didn't want to get any trick-or-treaters this year because everybody drove to this one neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> I love a good candy cane lane and I love a good home on candy cane lane that realizes that everybody is doing it. So they do mm-hmm. one thing very specifically, yeah. which I thought I think is very cool. There was one house uh last year that all of their decorations were blue and they had a silhouette of Elvis out front. So it's like, perfect. Ah, blue Christmas right. this is amazing. That's fantastic. Another house was all they had quotes from It's a Wonderful Life strewn up in lights around mm. their property and they were playing silent scenes from it on a projector outside. So just like all of, okay. I like a, I like a specific niche detailed tableau mm. of a home as well. <laughs> yep. Beautiful. Do you want to do one more before we take a break or should we take well, a let's break? Let's do one more before a break. Right. And this one comes from our researcher, Kate McManus. Get your shopping done early or wait until the last minute. Oh boy. Yeah. There's one I mean, that I do, and there's one that I think I want to do. Exactly. Yeah. I always think, oh, I'm going to get these Black Friday deals. Yeah. And then I think, I'm going to get all this stuff that they're still selling on the 23rd. Yeah. I'm really, I'm bad at shopping for Christmas. Yeah. And my hit rate is not great. But yeah. when I hit, I nail it. But there's a lot of like, I don't know what to keep getting for you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, 100%. Many years in a row. I have yeah. no idea. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've gone through your list of wants and joys and hobbies and yeah. favorite fill in the blanks. Yeah. And I've completed all of those. Yeah. 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 It's like over the course of a long, this is our, 18th Christmas together, you're going to hit some home runs, you're going to hit some singles, and you're going to strand runners on base. It's just yeah. sort of the way it goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, like, I spend a lot of time thinking about it because I never know what to get her. This time mm-hmm. I had the idea. I figured it out because I saw it. I just, she doesn't listen. She's like two rooms away. I got her the new Dolly Parton book, like the yes. giant hardcover book because I knew yeah, yeah, she yeah. would, she Absolutely. would love it. But like, that was just luck in finding it, mm-hmm. seeing that it had come out and mm-hmm. getting it. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard when you're buying for multiple people too. Like the more, so you got to give yourself latitude and nobody makes a list because I think my experience as an adult is if anybody asks me what I want, I say nothing. I don't want anything. Like you don't have to get me a gift because similar to you, Paul, like if I want something, I will go and buy it. I enjoy buying gifts for other people, Mm -hmm. but wish they would just tell me what they wanted. Like give me some, give me a range of things and then I'll get one of them to surprise you. Here's a thing that I proposed on Stay of Homekins, my podcast with my wife. Yeah. 
that if you are in a situation, especially if you're traveling, if you're in a situation where it's the same group of people every year, there's no deviation. There's it's mm-hmm. just these people. I think at a certain point, you should say, all right, let's all share with each other five genres of thing. Get me any one of these things ever, and I'm fine. Anything that falls under this category, you know, and to keep it like, so it's not the same thing every year. It's like these five categories, you can get me anything Mm -hmm. within these five categories. I'll always welcome it no matter what. And everybody does that. that, you know? And so it's like you don't necessarily know what you're going to get, but you also know that the worst case scenario is this didn't quite hit the mark, but I don't, I don't care. You know? <laughs> yeah. 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 I like that. I travel a lot for the holidays. And aside from the doing the donations, which we've started recently. Yeah. A lot of times mine are, and it's a gift that I enjoy receiving as well is experiences, tickets to something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like I love getting my mom and her husband tickets to whatever the local theater is doing next. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like whatever play yeah. is going to open in January, I'll get them tickets to that. Or, Absolutely. and all, and the nice thing is all of these gifts can a be purchased on the 24th mm-hmm. and can be stuffed in an envelope and traveled with. Yes. Exactly. I think also things that are consumable, food and drink, yeah. you know, things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't need a thing that's going to last forever. You know what I mean? Like, I would love, like, on Christmas to have a bottle of wine that I can share with the people that are right there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't have to be super expensive. It's got to be, like, if you want to make it kind of fun, make it, like, a little more expensive than you would normally spend on a bottle of wine at home. You know what I mean? Yeah. Something, something along those lines, like fancy cheese or some, you know, whatever, you know? Yeah. Do you think so in the question, if the question is get it done early or wait until the last minute, does the stress and pressure build if you're waiting until the last minute? Of course it it does. Or is it not? (laughs) Because for me, honestly, I'm like, it's kind of just not there. And then it all comes out. All of the stress and pressure happens for two days. As opposed to if I start super early, then it's stress and pressure going over the course of the month. For me, I liken it to when I had homework that I was supposed to do on Sunday Mm -hmm. and I knew I wasn't going to do it, that I was going to tell I'm going to say, I'm just getting a little earlier on Monday and then I'll cram it all in. (laughs) And even though I decide, okay, that's my plan, the anxiety continues to mount over the course of the evening towards like, I should have just done it. I should have just done it. And the Christmas present thing is the same thing where it's like, every time I think about it, it's a source of anxiety. Yeah, I can never get to a place where I say, it'll be fine. I'll just do it. You know, when I get there, whatever, even when I say, decide that's the plan, the anxiety still builds. Yeah. I remember there were some, uh, (laughs) when you said, I'll worry about it when I get there. We've had many a family Christmas trip to Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Mm -hmm. We would rent a chalet and we would go up in the mountains and we would go to Gatlinburg, which is filled with Appalachian artisanal crafts and arts and assorted, you know, mountain resort town trappings. Right. And we could always tell who had waited to do their shopping. It was frequently me and my siblings because like, (laughs) hey, what did you get for Christmas? Oh, I got a tin Route 66 sign and a box of taffy. (laughs) You're like, oh, look, this is great. A driftwood carving of a Smoky Mountain black bear. I wonder when you went shopping. Is it Goo Goo Cakes or something? (laughs) Goo Goo Clusters. Yeah, Goo Goo Clusters, a box yeah. of Goo Goo Clusters. Wow. A deck of playing cards. You Look at this. Have. And Gatlinburg Vineyards Winery. All right. <laughs> it's in April with a bunch of raccoons <laughs> that are in a jug band. How did you know? <laughs> so much gingham. So much gingham. Everything from the Cracker Barrel store. Wow. I never yeah. would have bought this dish towel for myself. <laughs> uh, yep. That's what I do. So I think the correct answer is get your shopping done early. Yeah. Though none of us do it. Yeah. (laughs) It's the best answer to most things. Just do it. Just get it. Go ahead and do it. Get it it done when you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Get it done. Yeah. Yeah. 
asked and answered. All right. We got to take a break. Thanks so much. (laughs) (laughs) When we return, we'll have a little bit more. You're listening to We Got This with Mark and Hal. Last week, The Greatest Generation, the comedy podcast about old Star Trek TV shows like Star Trek The Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, and Voyager, just had its 500th episode. And Greatest Trek, the podcast about the new Star Trek shows like Strange New Worlds, Lower Decks, and Discovery, just had its 250th episode. So whether you have a task that's roughly 750 hours long, or you want to learn about some of the production techniques that go into making one of the greatest franchises in television history, you should give us a try either way. The Greatest Generation and Greatest Trek, the best-reviewed, most-listened-to Star Trek podcasts in the world. They're on Maximum Fun. Cameron Esposito here, comedian and host of Query. Every week I get to interview someone amazing from the LGBTQIA plus community. Some queeros. I chat with them about their lives, loves, careers, and more. I've talked to, you know, giant celebs, Trixie Mattel, Lena Waithe, Tegan, and Sarah Quinn, but also astronauts, reverends, nurses. It's funny, it gets deep, and hopefully it makes you feel like you're part of something. Join me every Monday on Maximum Fun to listen to Query with Cameron Esposito. Welcome back. You got Mark, you got Hal, and special guest Paul F. Tompkins. That's me. We are discussing things that need to be got. That's right. So what is our next thing that needs to be got, Hal? It's from Tom Valeski, who asks, best winter warmer. Is it hot cider, mulled wine, or hot toddy? Probably other choices like a cocoa, hot chocolate. I'm going to go cocoa, baby. I mean, yeah. yeah. Hey, call me basic, but I love my hot chocolate. <laughs> For me, hot chocolate is something that I have annually around Christmas yeah. time. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it makes it special. Hot toddy is, I don't think of a hot toddy as a pleasant drink. A hot toddy is what I have when I'm sick. It feels mm-hmm. medicinal. Yes. Yeah. It's exactly. like if I've got to do a show and I'm losing my voice or I'm sick, I'll have a hot toddy for that. I kind of don't like your spiced mold things because they're a little too medieval for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They haven't really updated yeah. the recipe at all. Yeah. I've not had a lot of mold things except cider. I do love a good holiday spice cider. Mm-hmm. Mine is usually not. I would like it better if it was more medieval. Like, don't serve it to me in a paper cup with a plastic lid. Serve it to me in a big goblet with rhinestones <laughs> on it. Yeah. A lead cup. Yeah, it's a wooden <laughs> flagon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd like a flagon, not a cup. <laughs> and do you have filthy groundwater I can drink along with it? <laughs> uh, skewer yeah. of a rodent. Yeah. That's going to be my lunch. Yeah. It's hot cocoa. It's hot cocoa. It's yeah. Best. That warms you up. It's great. I love it. I hot impulse cocoa. bought something from eBay many years ago mm-hmm. and I have not, it's just been sitting in our garage. But it was a Tom and Jerry set. Tom and Jerry is some kind of holiday drink mm-hmm. that might be similar to eggnog, but it's it's, it's a punch, essentially. Okay. You put it in a big bowl and you have these special glasses and everything. And I thought, I'm going to figure out how to do this. And I'm going to make that like my Christmas thing. Yeah, Right on. Like, oh, here comes Paul with his famous Tom and Jerry. That seems delightfully on brand and old timey right? fun yeah. for you. Yeah. And it also it's very on brand that I haven't done anything about it. <laughs> I was assuming the cartoon characters when you said Tom and Jerry. Now all I'm thinking is it's a Tom Collins with Sailor Jerry rum in it, which I don't know what that tastes like. <laughs> that sounds disgusting. Yeah, of course it does. I wonder if the, I think the characters might have been named for the drink, perhaps. Oh, really? I think so. Oh, I don't okay. know. I, look, I've done zero research, obviously. But except for buying it on eBay. Yes. Yeah. And researching the storage requirements of said product. Yes. Yeah. In original box. Yeah. <laughs> what was the kit? Was it like what you put in it or was it the glasses and? Oh, it's the, the glassware. Yeah. It's what it's okay. served in and oh, cool. all that stuff. Yeah. 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 So nothing oh. to help you actually make it, but if no. you made it. You could serve it beautifully. No. Teach a man to fish. You know what I mean? Right. (laughs) 100%. I say that every day. Oh, here we go. From Ken Plume. Jerry Thomas most likely invented the Tom and Jerry since there was no reference to it until Jerry Thomas published his recipe. The cocktail's often credited with being created by him. Story goes that he named the drink after his two pet mice, Thomas and Jerry, 
which he named after himself. So he named, so wow. Jerry Thomas named his mice Tom and Jerry and then <laughs> invented a drink that he named after his mice that he named after himself in reverse right. order. Don't we wow. think much of ourselves? Hmm. Yeah. How about that? All right. I mean, everything. Oh, welcome to my house, Jerry Thomas Manor. This is Tom and Jerry, my mice. This is my chair, Thomas, and my table, Jerry. Just everything named after him. <laughs> Great. Sounds like a real cool dude. Thumbs up. Wow, Hal. Yeah, this feels like some Hal's real not having it. This guy. No. I, I don't. I, I despise Jerry Thomas. Not a fan of Jerry <laughs> Thomas. <laughs> if you name three things after yourself, that's too many things. Like George Foreman named like, all his kids after himself. That's true. <laughs> and his grill is delightful. And so is his boxing career. That's different. I, that's different with Jags children. covered all bases. I got yeah. yellows. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Shelly Godifrin wants to know. Hello, Shelly. VIP person of the world wants to know. Novelty Christmas albums. Yay or nay? And this is in parentheses afterwards, also from Shelly. I mean, did we as a society really accept a bunch of dogs barking out jingle bells? I don't hate a novelty Christmas album. Again, I'm always going to err on the side of yay in the yay or nay questions. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. whatever is your thing at the holidays, far be it for me to yuck someone's yum on their traditions. That said, I think the only time it's acceptable for a bunch of dogs to bark out jingle bells is when you press the ear of a plush one. You know what I mean? Like, mm. don't play that song on the radio. I know what I'm getting into <laughs> if I press the little press here dot on the ear of a plush Christmas toy. Mm. Then I know I'm going to be annoyed for the next 45 seconds. Mm. Do those get radio? Pl- I, I mean, I, I bought as a lark the Christmas Cats album years ago. And I will play only All I Want for Christmas is You because to hear them edit together cat meows and different pitches to make that song is hilarious is it real cat meows wow. that they did it with oh yes oh it's yes oh it's 100 percent real but there i think there are other novelty like those are like dominic the christmas donkey is a novelty album the, yeah. the mm-hmm. philly christmas special is sort of a novelty album which is a bunch of the players in the philadelphia eagles covering yeah but they yeah. all have like beautiful voices that you Do don't really expect yes jason wow. kelsey's got a really nice voice know that he and his brother, they did Fairy Tale of New York, but Jason Kelsey rewrote the lyrics a little bit to make mm-hmm. it about Philadelphia. So it's That's called cool. Fairy Tale of Philadelphia. And they harmonize beautifully. Travis wow. Kelsey has a surprisingly good singing voice. Wow. Look at that. Then they bring in like Jordan Davis, who's this giant defensive tackle. And they, I forget what song he sings, but tell me as a high pitch voice. You're like, oh, this guy could get a contract, like, could get a deal right now. I could get a record deal. And I, I have to, okay. Think it was I have to hear this. I have to, I have yes, to find it's this. readily available to stream all over the right, place, right, right. but it's, they are surprisingly good and <laughs> having a great time. This is the second year they've done it. Oh, that's awesome. Row. And it that's all awesome. raises money for chop. I think and yeah. raises money for the children's hospital. Philadelphia. Let me ask you guys this. Do you think there is a difference between a novelty Christmas album and a comedy Christmas record? Or album because I think that like what you're describing, it seems like the production and the creation of the album itself is the novelty, as opposed to an established musician doing a funny song at Christmas time. Like I have on vinyl Dr. Demento's Christmas song, like best of his holiday songs from Dr. Demento. Is it mm-hmm. professional musicians creating a comedy song? Is that a different thing than a novelty Christmas album like the dogs or the Philadelphians. When I think of a novelty Christmas song, I think of something like Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. Right. I, That's what I would put in that category yes. of comedy yeah. Christmas songs. Yes, which mm. to me says, no, I don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> what about the Chipmunks? That's a novelty album, right? The Chipmunks Christmas. That is a novelty album, album that somehow became a classic or yeah. something. I yeah. never want to hear those songs. Ever again. I want really? hippopotamus for Christmas. No, like no. That. But here's the thing: songs for kids at Christmas, absolutely, of course. Yeah. Like I do not like the song "Frosty the Snowman." Right. I think it's because it's it's a children's song. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it's meant for kids. The mm-hmm. tune is very children's songy tune. And right. I hear like earnest covers of it by established artists. I'm like, what are we doing? Like, mm-hmm. you don't you don't need to do this. But I mean. <laughs> The Christmas album itself is a strange thing because it's, on the one hand, it's kind of a cash grab. You know what I mean? It's like, 
here's these same 12 songs, but I'm doing them now. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> if I get in that Christmas rotation. That's mailbox money, you know, once a year. But mm-hmm. it's also, you know, there's a lot of people that they write their own songs and they, you know, they do interesting covers of existing songs. And I think that's a very neat thing. Like, I do like seeking out different versions of Christmas carols every year and finding my favorite ones. And But the novelty stuff, the kind of funny stuff, it really leaves me cold. And maybe it's because of being in comedy for so long. Right. I don't know. Do you think that, I guess for me, I would think of those songs as songs for kids. Like mm. novelty Christmas songs, I generally think of as, like I think of Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. I don't think of adults listening to that in earnest. I they think did, of, though. I, yeah, they I guess did. that's true. Sure. I think of kids listening to that and being like, oh, a naughty Christmas song. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And in that sure, sense, I like them. I think uh, I enjoy a good novelty Christmas album. If I what skip think, a lot of that, I'm fine. And I love listening to Christmas music, like I said. It goes in rotation November mm-hmm. 1st. But if I don't hear Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer, that's fine. I've never added it to any playlist that I have. The Chipmunk song, I do like. I don't know. I like can't explain. Maybe because I watched The Chipmunks as a kid. The, yeah, the, I'm sure, the, I'm sure there's a nostalgia. I mean, look, Christmas is – there's a lot of nostalgia at play at Christmas mm-hmm. time. Yes. You know, absolutely. Yeah. So, so with that music, especially it's, you know, you like for me growing up, cause my parents were older. I grew up mm-hmm. with the Bing Crosby Christmas album, yeah, uh, which so to great. me, that meant it was Christmas. When you sure. heard that record, it was like, okay, now it's Christmas time. So I always have to have that, you know, every year, mm-hmm. but, but I can understand how some people would not, it would not mean it would not mean the same thing to them. Yeah. yeah. His frosty's pretty good. Bing's frosty. Is it Willie like Nelson has a great frosty? Come on. Every, everybody's frosty is fine. <laughs> you know what I've been getting into this year? And I'm, I surprised myself the other day when I realized I was getting into it more than usual this year. And I don't know for what reason this is the case. I've listened to all of the secular Christmas music for years and years on a big rotation. But for mm-hmm. some reason this year, I've been getting into more of the classical, religious, specifically Catholic Christmas songs that we Nobody grew up beats with. Them. Nobody I mean, beats them. O Come, O Come, Emmanuel oh, is a banger. Huh? Absolute banger. The, oh, holy what night. child is this? Oh, holy yeah. night. Yeah. yeah. God rest ye merry. Come on. Yeah. Those are legit classics. Oh, They're absolutely. Great. I can smell the incense when I eat. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bangers, everyone. Yeah. yeah. Done if it was like at my church on the organ and just a little bit too slowly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Like, was the question whether or not novelty songs are okay? Christmas, it's novelty Christmas albums, yay or nay. I mean, they exist. They're never going to stop. They'll never <laughs> yeah. stop. If you think, <laughs> if you, you think us exist. saying yay is going to stop them, it's not. So I just have to say yay and you know, you can avoid them. You don't have to listen. Like you can choose, you get to curate your own music now. We didn't have that when we were kids. We listen, let you listen to what was in the radio. Let history record me as a nay. <laughs> and let, I want it on the record. Yes. People know that when it came down to it, I said nay. So recorded. Uh, so recorded. So recorded into the record. Yeah. Much like the village people, you can't stop the music. That's, That's right. That's answered. <laughs> yeah. All right. One more. Let's All right. We got time for one. one more. One. No, we got time for one more from Chris Rooney. All right, Chris Rooney, what you got? I'm just going to do my interpretation. Are we still sending Christmas cards? <laughs> <laughs> That's how I read it. It might be, hey, are we still sending Christmas cards? But I read it like, are we still sending Christmas cards? Yes. <laughs> yes, Chris Rooney. Christmas cards are great. I great. love Christmas cards. I love them. Yeah. I have my little uh, toy soldier Christmas card holder that I've had for years. Yeah. But I love a good Christmas card. I love finding out. I love the Christmas cards. That are handwritten and specifically for me from a close friend. Mm-hmm. I love the Christmas card that is an insert that's just the family's biography for love the it. year. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. I love, love them all. Pictures of your new pets. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I all love, about Christmas cards. I love when people are creative. I love when they're not creative. I love when it's a photo of the family. I love when it's just like a store-bought card. I don't care. It's so yeah. nice to get that piece of mail. I don't know. It really warms my heart. It really yeah. does. I love it. I yeah, get excited yeah. every time. <laughs> What's somebody thought of you? 
So yeah, yeah, a lot of you at a time of year where it's like very much family, but also is to a certain extent is like, yeah. let's reach out to people we don't talk to that often, just let them know they're on our minds. I think that's a really you know nice what? thing to do. Especially because we don't send out Christmas cards. So I feel mm. like when we get them from people that, you know, send them every year, it really means a lot to me that we're still on the list, you know, yeah. even though we're yeah. not, we're not giving in return. We're just receiving. It's yeah. very nice. I would like to send more. We're going to make some tonight and send some out. Oh, nice. I'm excited about that. Very nice. Oh, lovely. I even get excited for the annual string of text messages that comes in in mid-November that's like, same address? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get those and you're like, yeah, I know what this is about. This is exciting. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Christmas cards are an absolute yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. There All right. Asked and answered. Asked and answered. We have once again cleaned the sleigh. Who knows? We may have more topics in the sleigh tomorrow. We'll just fill it up again and empty it out again. But for this particular cleaning of the sleigh, we could not have had a better time than we have had with you, Paul F. Tompkins. Thanks for coming on with us and answering some of these questions. My beautiful boys, it is always a pleasure, and I'm really proud of us. Yeah, we. Me too. We're really proud of us too, man. You done good. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything you'd like to promote? Well, I'll tell you what. I got a couple podcasts. One's yes. called The Neighborhood Listen that I do with Nicole Parker and Brett Morris, where we take posts from the Nextdoor app and we do character-based improv from them. Love and that. the other is Stay F. Homkins, which is my monthly podcast with my wife that started in quarantine. And we just decided to keep doing it. And we do, um, uh, we also have a Substack where we host bonus episodes behind a paywall, which feature a lot of fun stuff. We just recently did a, uh, well, this actually was free. We did a watch along of the original Miracle on 34th Street, which was a delight. So you can watch the movie with us. I love that. Yeah. Love it. Oh, a great movie, a great podcast. And thank you for being here. Well, you're a great friend. <laughs> These topics are closed, but there are many more topics to discuss. So please reach out to us via email at we got this podcast gmail.com or go to our Facebook group and give your opinions on sweaters and dressed up pets and diabetes socks. Facebook.com slash group slash we got this podcast. And as a special bonus for Maximum members, we're going to put out a few extra topics with Mr. Paul F. Tompkins. So look for that in your bonus feed. Just a little gift from us <laughs> to you. <laughs> Thank you to producer Ken Plume. You can support him at patreon.com slash Ken Plume. Thank you to Pass. researcher Kate McManus, graphic designer Uri Kelman, and QA engineer Jen Alba. And thanks, of course, to our musicians, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman for our score and theme song, respectively. And thanks to you the people of the world, for giving us a chance to sit down with our friend Paul and talk about the holidays and all the things that we love and all the things that we can laugh at. I hope you're laughing along with us and enjoying this as much as we are. You are the great big hug that keeps this show going. And to you, I say thank you, thank you, thank you. For Hal Lublin, I'm Mark Gagliardi. For Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Lublin. And don't worry, everybody. We We got got this. We got this. Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows supported directly by you.